ready. For you do not know on what day the Son of Man will come. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your belongings and give alms. Provide money bags for yourselves and that do not wear out, an inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach nor moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. Gird your loins and light your lamps, and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you. He will gird himself have them recline at table and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants. Be sure of this. If the master of the house had known the hour when the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Then Peter said, Lord, is this parable meant for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, Who then is the faithful and prudent steward whom the master will put in charge of his servants to distribute the food allowance at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his fast master on arrival finds doing so. Truly, I say to you, the master will put the servant in charge of all his property. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants to eat and drink and get drunk, Then that servant's master will come on an unexpected day and at an unknown hour and will punish the servant severely and assign him a place with the unfaithful. That servant who knew his master's will but did not make preparations nor act in accord with his will shall be beaten severely. And the servant who was ignorant of his master's will, but acted in a way deserving of a severe beating, shall be beaten only lightly. Much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. The Gospel of the Lord.
What have you, <clears throat> what have you been entrusted with? What have you been entrusted with? Like, this is the question that should come into our minds when we hear this gospel reading where Jesus says, much will be required of the person entrusted with much, and still more will be demanded of the person entrusted with more. And so the question we need to ask ourselves is, what is it that I've been entrusted with, and how am I being a good steward of that? How am I being a good steward of that? How am I being a good steward of the gospel first and foremost? Right? Whenever we talk about stewardship, we talk about giving of our time, giving of our talent, giving of our treasure, and it really seems to be like the church is asking us for something. Whenever I give talks on stewardship on Engaged Encounter, the first thing I talk about is giving of yourself to make yourself available to receive the graces that God wants to give you. Right? It's the first movement. The first movement is what our Lord has entrusted you with, what our Lord wants to give to you. And our Lord wants to give to you eternal life and happiness and joy. The transformation of your hearts. That is what our Lord wants to do for you, to transform your hearts, to transform all of our hearts. And then we're called to be good stewards of that. We're called to be good stewards of that. And what is our Lord given to us first and foremost? He's given to us faith. Faith that the opening prayer reminds us, allows us to call ourselves sons and daughters of God. That allows us to have a sense of belonging to Him. A sense of belonging to Him. It is that sense of belonging to Him that brings us the greatest joy in our lives. In the reading from the letter to the Hebrews, St. Paul uses this example of Abraham and Isaac. And how Abraham, by faith, he went out and he obeyed God and he received everything that he received from him. And God promised him, I will give you a son and I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. And then Abraham finally receives his son. And God says to him, I want you now to sacrifice your son. By faith, Abraham was put to the test. He offered up Isaac. The author of this letter says, he who had received the promises was ready to offer his only son. 
what happened with Abraham, his heart was so transformed that he was willing to trust God even with that that was most precious to him. To completely put himself in the Lord's hands. Remember that story as they're walking up the mountain. Isaac says to Abraham, where is the animal for the sacrifice? Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham says to him, God will provide the sacrifice. So even as he's walking up in obedience, he's entrusting himself to the Lord. That's the kind of faith that we're all called to. Such a complete transformation of our hearts. That we're able to place ourselves completely in the Lord's hands. To put aside all worry, to put aside all anxiety, to put aside all fear, because we know we belong to the Lord. And yet that seems to be the most difficult thing that any of us does, is to truly place ourselves in the Lord's hands. To really trust him. And most often it's shame that keeps us from giving ourselves entirely over to the Lord. As if we're not really sure that he actually meant what he said when he promised us salvation. Or we still have that fear that our Lord trusts our Lord cares about all these other people, but he can't possibly love me because all these other people are much holier than I am. Or we beat ourselves up over our past sins. And so that first movement of what our Lord has given to us and how our Lord wants to transform our hearts, that happens through the experience of mercy. And we are still in this year of mercy, which Pope Francis has set aside so that we can all start again with our Lord. So that we can all start again with our Lord. And how do we start again with our Lord? One really practical thing we can do in our prayer is to just let ourselves re-experience our Lord's mercy or experience it for the first time. And on retreat last week, as I was praying through this and praying about this, I realized that there were things in my own life from way before I was a seminarian that I still hadn't quite received mercy for. You know, things that happened in my 20s, and I went to confession, so I know I'm forgiven, but I still kind of uh, think about what a bad person I was back then. And so I just sort of sat in prayer and I went through those memories and my prayer was pretty childlike. It was sort of like this. So Jesus, when I was 20, I did this. What do you think of that? Do you still love me? Do you still want me? And each time he said to me pretty clearly, 
yes, I still want you. I've still chosen you. Even though you did that, I've still chosen you. Well, what about this other thing that happened? Even though you did that, I'm still choosing you. What about this? I really messed this up. Pretty sure there's this student I taught in high school that's not Catholic anymore because they hate me. Even though you did that, I still love you. I still choose you. And that is the experience of mercy that we see in the Gospels. That's the experience of mercy that Peter receives after the resurrection when he runs to our Lord on the Sea of Galilee and Jesus says to him, do you love me more than these? Feed my sheep. I'm still choosing you. You belong to me. And kind of going through all of those times where I probably went to confession, but maybe didn't quite open myself entirely to the love of our Lord in that moment. I left that week with a greater sense of belonging to our Lord. We're all called to a greater sense of belonging to our Lord. And it's that sense of belonging to our Lord that allows us to remain vigilant. It moves us to remain vigilant. In the gospel reading, Jesus speaks about remaining vigilant so that we're ready to receive the master when he comes again. And that vigilance is motivated by love. It's moved by love. Right? It's moved by love. If we think about times when a family member or a friend or a loved one was coming to visit us and they were late and we just couldn't fall asleep that night because we were waiting and waiting and waiting for them to show up, that's how our Lord wants us to wait for him. And then Peter asks him, Lord, is this meant for us or for everyone? And then Jesus sort of comes back And answers as if to say, it's meant for everyone, but you should be even more vigilant because you've been entrusted with much. Because you've been entrusted with much. That's what our Lord speaks into all of our own hearts. And we're living in a crazy world. There's constant conversations about the political things going on. Sometimes we feel like no matter who becomes president, we're going to lose anyways. Some people feel that way. Or the culture has gotten so bad, there's really nothing we can do about it. And in the midst of this crazy world that we live in, the only thing we can do is transform our hearts, is let our Lord transform our lives. We're seeing the church persecuted more and more throughout the world, and in a time of persecution, the only thing that will keep us faithful is the complete transformation of our hearts. 
to truly live into the gospel message that we've received. And there should be a sense of urgency about that. We live in a time in which we need saints. And all of us are called to be saints. All of us are called to be completely in love with Jesus. All of us are called to remain vigilant. And if we're truly stewards of the gospel message that we've received, that means that we'll want to share it with other people. We wouldn't want to be selfish about the faith that we have. And being unselfish about that means that we want to share it with our friends. We want to invite our friends into relationship. And sometimes we can be very selfish with the gospel. We can just kind of keep it to ourselves. We might have an amazing relationship with Christ, but we don't want to impose on anybody. We don't want to talk about it very much. And each year... We have RCIA at our parish where there's an opportunity for us to share our faith with other people, to be unselfish with the gospel message, to be unselfish with the love we've received from our Lord, to invite somebody else into that, to invite somebody else to come and learn about the Catholic faith Even if they're already a Christian, maybe we just invite them, come learn about the Catholic faith because that Jesus that you surrendered your life to in a Protestant church when you were 10 really and truly is alive in the Eucharist. And he wants to touch you and he wants to be with you in a more profound way. Be unselfish about that. I have a dear friend that I went through army chaplain school with who was a Baptist and he would come with me to mass daily and this week during mass that he came they were talking about the bread of life discourse in John 6 and finally after about three days of listening to sermons on the Eucharist he said to me so if Catholics really believe that the Eucharist is Jesus why has nobody ever told me why has nobody ever told me that Like, if you believe that, why haven't you told me? As if to say, you're kind of a jerk. You're kind of a selfish jerk because you have this treasure and you're just like keeping it to yourself. Why wouldn't you tell me this? And it really convicted me that wow, I really need to do a better job of talking to people about what we believe and the gifts that I've received there. The joy that our Lord has given to me. And so I challenge you all this week, like if you don't feel you've ever received that complete transformation in your hearts, like start working on that or start letting Jesus work on that. And maybe RCIA would be a good thing for you to come to, too, for yourself. But also, 
to start praying about who will I invite into this more profound relationship with Jesus this year? Who will I invite? All you have to do is invite them. Hey, so we're starting RCI at our parish. It's Monday nights. I'm going to go. I really want a friend to come with me. Will you come with me? What's the worst thing that could happen? They're going to say no. I'm good. And then you say, okay, well, if you ever want to go, let me know. It's kind of like asking somebody, do you want to go grab lunch today? No, I'm busy. Okay, well, maybe another time. It's not the worst thing that could ever happen to us that somebody would say no. But they can't say yes unless they're invited. I know people who have converted to the faith, they've been like married to a Catholic for like 30 years. So why didn't you convert earlier? Well, nobody asked me. Nobody asked me. Being good stewards of the gifts that we've been given starts with being unselfish with the gospel message. And so let us pray for the courage both to allow our Lord to transform our own hearts and for the courage to reach out to another person and invite them into this amazing, transformative, loving experience of our Lord's mercy that is so present in our Catholic Church today.